Okay, welcome to Progressive News Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm the producer and host. My name is Janine Moloff, and we have an interesting show this week. Um, if you saw the advert, and chances are you probably didn't because Facebook has lowered us on their algorithm to almost uh, invisible. All right, I've been kicked off of Twitter. I don't know why, but, you know, apparently Donald Trump, you know, traitor extraordinaire, can be put back on Twitter, but I've been kicked off. Anyway, that's my little gripe today. But if you saw the advert, it said, Jenna Ellis and the Christian nationalist lynch mob, words can kill. And it is not hyperbole to say that people that call themselves Christian nationalists now that have been pursuing uh, a campaign of hate and bigotry against those they fear or dislike it's real. All right. Um, so this week's show is all about the resurgence of what I call the white Christian nationalist lynch mob. The club Q murders are the latest result of the nonstop incitement and not just defamation, slander, libel, and defamation aimed at a multitude of minorities, but in this instance, aimed specifically at the LGBTQ plus communities by people that are white and they're nationalists and they wrongfully call themselves Christians. So we'll call them white Christian nationalists. So after the Club Q murders, Trump team mouthpiece, or former Trump team mouthpiece, Jenna Els, Jenna, excuse me, let me back up again. Give me a minute. Like President Biden, I am a stutterer. Most of the time I'm fluent, but whew, let me go back. All right. So after the Club Q murders, Former Trump team mouthpiece Jenna Ellis had committed to further slandering the LGBTQ plus community under the auspices of Christian nationalist faith. Ellis is pushing the Christian opinion that those who are not Christian will, quote, burn in hell. She's also pushing the idea that those in the LGBTQ plus communities will also burn in hell for no other reason other than their sexual orientation or gender identity. Now, mind you, these same people think anybody who isn't their brand of Christian is also going to burn in hell. But, you know, once again, there's apparently, according to people like Ellis, a special place in hell for people in the LGBTQ plus communities. So while Ellis has a First Amendment right to espouse whatever moronic, bigoted, hateful opinion she has, she does not have a right to slander, libel, or defame with legal impunity. Furthermore, those of us on the opposing side also maintain the right of rebuttal. Now, besides the bigotry that Ellis pushes, there is the issue of incitement. You know, specifically, did Jenna Ellis, who has a a sizable uh, online presence with her show, her podcast, which is part of the Salem uh, Media Network, which is a calls themselves a Christian-based media empire. Um, you know, that's fine. Keep in mind, part of the Salem Media Network, I found out, contains Regnery Publishing. And Regnery is run by um, a man who is a noted neo-Nazi Holocaust denier. I don't know what's Christian about that. But anyway, I'm asking questions, nothing more. 
but, you know, once again, besides that victory, there is the issue of incitement. Did Jenna Ellis and other Christian nationalists with their hateful rhetoric actually criminally incite this recent wave of shootings, which do constitute premeditated attempts to commit genocide and other hate crimes? Should Jenna Ellis, uh, for some reason I'm having a hard time saying her last name, should Jenna Ellis and other prominent alt-right mouthpieces be held both civilly and criminally responsible for their role in the resurgence of the American lynch mob? I've argued that perhaps they should, and to the fullest extent of the law, again, with full documentation provided. This is not cancel culture, folks, on the Republican side. All right, this isn't, I'm not advocating censorship at all. What I'm saying, however, though, even with free speech rights, there are rules. And people like Jenna Ellis have crossed that line. You may not slander, libel, or defame others with, without consequences. Uh, you can't scream cancel culture because somebody disagrees with you, offers rebuttal, and the rebuttal happens to be better than your initial argument. That's not cancel culture. That's basic, basically conservatives whining and crying that somebody's picking on them. Enough. So that's our big story. Okay. We're also going to have um, a very special Jackass of the Week award. And this is uh, a person that you wouldn't think would be uh, elevated to the point of Jackass of the Week. It's, it's somebody you wouldn't expect at all. So with that, let's get started. Okay, so there is an article here, and it ran several places. I'm looking at the Baptist News Global, so you can't claim that this is, you know, Antifa or some wild radical leftist, which, you know, again, I consider when I hear people like Tucker Carlson and others on the far right call liberals or progressives radicals, and, and traders, you know, there's. I hope that they enjoy the civil lawsuits that will soon be coming their way. If you're going to make an accusation, you better produce proof. Okay, you just better. And that reminds me also of um, there was a oh god, it was an article that ran. Oh, I think uh, several months ago, and it was a somebody who's one of the execs at what they call the Heritage Action Foundation, I believe. And her name's Jessica Anderson, and it was a leaked audio, uh, not a lot audio, leaked videotape where Miss Anderson was talking to uh, contributors to Heritage and these other conservative groups, and she was bragging. You know, about how, you know, the spate of uh, voter suppression bills really came from them. And, you know, that that she also made the statement that there was, she had undeniable proof that there was widespread voter fraud. Okay, fine. Well, if she has undeniable proof, then put simply, you know, Miss Anderson and the people at Heritage, then they keep saying that on the left, there's all this voter fraud and you have proof. Fine. Produce it. Produce it or shut the F up. It's really that simple. 
But And that will be another program. But, again, it, it's just this idea that the people on the right, especially white Christian nationalists, think they have an unfair pass. Okay? And I'm saying it's time to stop giving alleged Christians or Christianity a pass on white supremacy. Um, and this is an article that also coincides with it, ironically, from the thebaptistnews.com. It's an opinion written by Robert P. Jones. It was uh, uh, published this past May. And let's see now. Let me find out something with Mr. Jones. Um, Robert P. Jones is the CEO and founder of PRRI and the author of uh, apparently a book called White Too Long, The Legacy of White Supremacy in American Christianity. Okay. So. Mr. Jones wrote this piece. It ran in um, Baptist News Global. And the headline is, It's Time to Stop Giving Christianity a Pass on White Supremacy and Violence. This is coming from a Christian. And I'm just going to read some from it. He, quote, I'm still reeling from the experience, experience of standing in George Floyd Square in Minneapolis on the same afternoon a white supremacist terrorist gunned down 10 people in a predominantly black area of Buffalo, New York. I reflected on that experience in last week's post. He goes on to say, quote, I spent the remainder of the week in Duluth, Minnesota, talking to a range of community leaders who were involved in creation of the Clayton Jackson McGee Memorial, unveiled in 2003 to memorialize the lives of three black men who were lynched in 1920. Okay, and there's a photo of the memorial. Um, he goes on to say, I'll have more to say about that in future posts, but here is a picture in this powerful space, a plaza memorializing the victims just across the street from the place where they were murdered, while a crowd of between 5,000 and 10,000 looked on approvingly. This was back in 1920. Uh, he goes on to say, quote, note the moving inscription, a quote from Edmund Burke, quote, an event has happened upon which it is difficult to speak and impossible to remain silent, end quote. So, Mr. Jones goes on, I'm not going to read the whole article, but he talks about how he read about the Buffalo shooter's motivations. Um, that shooter, you know, this happened back in May, that shooter was talking about the Great Replacement Theory. And, and let's be honest here, the mouthpieces on Fox and OAN, and especially Tucker Carlson, should bear responsibility. They have pushed this theory, the Great Replacement Theory, which basically originates from neo -Nazi, originates from Nazi propaganda. Okay? Make no mistake about it. And you know, it, it's its purpose is to incite people to violence. Okay? For those of you, you know, they're talking about lynch mob what Mr. Jones has described here is not unusual lynch mobs uh, for those of you that still don't know what they are, they were groups of white people, especially white men, but there were women and children, and they would just decide that some black person in particular, usually a black man or, or a young black boy, uh, a little boy like you know Emmett Till, for instance, that they had done something unspeakable. Maybe they had made some sort of suggestion, uh, sexual suggestion to a white woman, whatever. And for that, they deserve to die. And so these people would come together, these white men, and they would hunt this poor black man down, 
they'd pound him to a pulp. Then they'd murder him, usually by hanging, not always. And then quite often they would burn the body as the rest of their family sat in the shade and had picnic lunches. This is why a lot of conservatives don't want to talk about Jim Crow. This is why they don't want to talk about slavery. This is why they, they, anything that approaches the truth about systemic racism in this country, that it's woke and it's wrong. Because, again, they can't admit they're wrong. You know, this, when you're talking about any group feeling that they are superior to some other people, there's a special arrogance with that feeling. And white supremacy has an arrogance that is beyond the pale. So they can never admit fault. You know, this is a, a culture that is psychopathic, or rather sociopathic, to the hilt. You know, apparently, again, the Buffalo shooter um, was afraid of the Great Replacement Theory. I know I'm kind of, you know, kind of uh, going all over the place today, but I'll get you where we're going. Um, Robert P. Jones also wrote a new piece that was published at Time, and he basically said how it was, quote, unpacking how this theory, namely the Great Replacement Theory, had been intertwined with Christianity, okay? So I'm going to read, this is straight from what he wrote. Uh, Jones goes on to say, so it's, quote, so it shouldn't be surprising that when the U.S. demographics shift from majority to non-majority white and Christian, 44%, Violence justified by replacement fears erupts, end quote. Okay, and then he includes an excerpt from his article, his column at Time. Okay, and I am going to read this from Robert P. Jones. Quote, the massacre in Buffalo has spurred a national discussion about replacement theory. The fear of cultural replacement has an unambiguous lineage that gives it specific content. At the center of the great replacement logic, there is and always has been a deferent a desperate desire to preserve some version of Western European Christendom. If we fail to grasp the power of this ethno-religious appeal, we will misconstrue the nature of and underestimate the power of the threat before, before us, end quote. And he's totally right. Uh, Jones goes on to say, and again, this is from his column in Time, quote, Trump's Make America Great Again formula, the stoking of anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim, and anti-black sentiment while making nativist appeals to the Christian right, contain all the tropes of the old replacement theory. Okay, end quote. Jones goes on to say, quote, among white Americans, there is high two-thirds overlap between beliefs in Christian nationalism and replacement theory, and both views were associated with higher support for political violence among whites. End quote. Uh, he goes on to say, quote, white Americans who agree that, quote, God intended America to be a promised land for European Christians, end quote, are four times as likely as those who disagree with that statement to believe that, quote, true American patriots may have to resort to violence in order to save our country, end quote. And, you know, what he's basically saying is that this Christian nationalism can't be separated from white supremacy. And I've, I've you know, as... As a member of a couple of minority groups, I've experienced this myself where quite a few white Christians or people that consider themselves white Christians treat the rest of us as barely uh, tolerated stepchildren. That, you know, we're supposed to acknowledge that this country was always for white Christians 
and they tolerate the rest of us if they feel like it. That those of us that are new don't have a right to our traditions. You know, they've taken the very idea, those pretty words in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, you know, the idea of equal justice for, for all, and what they're really saying is white Christians can have justice, and the rest of us, we get, you know, the scraps. That's what it boils down to. So, you know, I agree with them. Uh, and this is why a lot of, according to Jones, why a lot of white Americans think that we're being invaded by immigrants of color. Keep in mind, this has happened before in our country's history. There's nothing new here. You know, it, it happened when Asians, especially Chinese, came into the country. It happened when Eastern Europeans, predominantly those of Italian and, and Jewish backgrounds, uh, you know, once again, more people of color. This is where they're heading, okay? This is why people, why a lot of white Christians, people identify as white nationalists, take great offense at the idea that um, some of us don't want to celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't celebrate it. Now, I have a couple of reasons, but, you know, Thanksgiving's a made-up holiday. Abraham Lincoln created it to try and bring the two sides of the nation back together again. The The Thanksgiving story is just, to put it bluntly, a pack of bullshit, you know, and, and it basically creates this narrative where these white Christian Puritans were, you know, just good people. Well, the fact is they weren't. They were kicked out of England because they were religious radicals um, who, you know, any type of enjoyment was considered sinful. And, you know, then we they presented to they, – they basically started to take over and over the course of a couple hundred years committed a genocide against indigenous peoples. Okay, you can call it woke, what I'm saying. You can call what I'm saying critical race theory. I really don't care. What I'm telling you is the truth. Yes, we have documentation. I always support documentation. But this, is, this article I thought was very interesting because, again, it came from a Christian who said what I've always thought. It's time to stop giving Christianity a pass on white supremacy and violence. Okay, whether it's, you know, the most egregious type of violence, hunting human beings and murdering them, or whether it's something, you know, more like economic violence, you know, where during the 50s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, uh, especially among trade unions, they wouldn't admit blacks or Jews, the two dominant minority groups in this country at that time, you know, when the immigration law changed in the 70s or was it yeah um more people of color came from other parts of the world came in but up till then especially here in the midwest the dominant minority groups were you know blacks jews uh people that were irish and italian and greek they were able to assimilate more easily okay so you know once again we have to start talking about this you know it's so amazing how these white Christian nationalists forget one little detail that there is no way Jesus was a white man. There is no way that Jesus looked like a young Brad Pitt with silky, you know, dark blonde hair and blue eyes. Not possible. 
You know, Jesus probably looked more like Colin Kaepernick, all right? He was a man of color. But, you know, once again, we have this narrative that, that changed throughout the European experience. And again, this goes into, all this goes hand in hand. Okay, when I hear somebody claim that they are a proud, they're proud to be a white nationalist, that's the same as saying you're proud, in my opinion, it's the same as saying you're proud to be a racist, you're proud to be a misogynist, you're proud to be basically a white supremacist or a neo-Nazi, put bluntly. You know, as you recall, the Nazis didn't just go after Jews, they went after the uh, gay and trans community. Trans wasn't so much a thing back then, medically speaking. But they went after the gay and lesbian community. They went after disabled people. They went after certain groups of Catholics. So, you know, once again, this is all together. So let's talk about the actual bigotry itself. So we have Jenna Ellis who, um, you know, basically she has her own show on Salem Medium Network. And she gets to push, you know, this this bigotry and you know she her show is on the salem podcast network so i'll correct myself it's part of the salem media group which is calls itself christian media and the salem media group is owned by Stuart epperson and edward g atzinger the third and ironically unlike many christian broadcasters the salem group is actually for profit um so once again, we'll be talking to them another time. But um, you know, this is there's an article, interesting article about Salem Media from the Columbia Journalism Review. Uh, there was a piece written by Adam. I don't know if I'm saying it's right. Pure, and it was it ran in fe- February of 20, and the article's called "The Sin Spinners: The Salem Medium Empire Preaches Morality and Donald Trump." So you have these people that are pushing this you know, this systemic set of not just hate, but lies, okay? Now, I'm aware of the fact that there are uh, various Christians, especially in the evangelical movement, that um, they honestly believe and they're taught, this is my understanding, that anybody who doesn't accept Jesus as the Savior or Jesus as God, in other words, if you're not a Christian, you are condemned to burn in hell forever and the way i take it is okay my question then what if it's a child the child uh is born from another culture doesn't know anything about christianity goes on to save the world mean to tell me that based on that theology that person is still condemned to burn in hell forever where's the justice in that so you know but again they can believe what they want all right, that, that's fine. I, I'm not going to censor them, but I have a right of rebuttal, okay? But this is what they're basing it on. And even if you believe it, when you're in the public eye, there's such a thing as judgment, you know, having some re- reasonable judgment. You know, when you say that, the insensitivity of the statement, the cruelty of the statement is beyond belief, okay? Um especially after a tragedy like the Club Q shootings. In fact, let's stop calling them shootings. The Club Q murders. These people were hunted. 
because of who they are, nothing more. And the constant bile that is coming from Christian nationalists, especially Christian nationalist broadcasters, yes, helped incite, in my opinion, and contributed to this. So there's a piece in Huffington Post. I'm going to take a sip of tea here. Okay. And uh, let's see now. It was published November 23rd and updated the same day, written by Josephine Harvey in Huffington Post. The headline is, Ex-Trump Lawyer Slammed as a Monster After Vile Take on Club Q Shooting. And the subtitle is right-wing attorney Jenna Ellis, who has a history of anti-LGBTQ bigotry, suggested the victims were suffering in hell. And we actually have the, you know, the podcast. All right. She, you know, she did say that. Uh, Let's see if I can get this so you can hear it. Hold on a second here. Make sure I've got the right one. Hopefully you can hear it. Give it a minute. Don't take my word for it. It's going to come straight from the jackass, or should I say Jenny's mouth. My computer is slow. Here we go. Oops, turn on notifications, so don't do that. Okay, so, you know, on the surface, it sounds like she's just espousing her own religious beliefs. And she is, and she has a constitutional right to do so. However, we have a constitutional right of rebuttal. There's something, in in my opinion, there's something innately wrong with the Christian belief that if you're not a Christian, then one, you're doomed to damnation and burning in hell forever, with the implied idea that you must be evil. See, that's where it takes a dark turn. You know, if you say, well, you're turning away from God, whatever, that's bad enough. But when you say something like this, and it, it's, she, on the surface, it sounds like she's showing compassion, but she's not. When you tie those beliefs that you can't, you know, if you don't accept Christianity, you're con- you're condemned 
to damnation, and you'll roast in hell forever. That goes hand in hand with the further implied idea that you must be evil. It's unspoken, but it's heavily implied. And once you take that step, easy for people that already have some hate to decide, well, the people that they're going to lynch, so to speak, are deserving of that bad treatment. You know, they must be evil. See, this isn't just one step. This is an insidious number of small steps. And Jenna Ellis, she's a licensed attorney. She knows what she's doing. Make no mistake about it. Um, And so, once again, this is an instance where she knows what she's saying is going to incite further. And, you know, again, there, there's, this is the problem I've always had with certain sects of Christianity. You know, I, I'm a Jew, but I went to a Catholic college because for the price tag, they offered my major, so on and so forth. And it was run by a more liberal group, a, a, a more liberal um, order, so to speak, Sisters of St. Joseph. And, Again, they. Ne- it, I was open about being a Jew. I was never told that I was. I had to accept Christ, or I was going to burn in hell. Okay, they were gracious and like you know, live and let live. All right, that's not the case in the evangelical community. It's not the case, in my opinion, with the conservative Catholic uh, uh, sect as well that rejects the Second Vatican Council. You know, it seems like in this nation. You know, you can criticize Muslims, you can criticize Jews, you can criticize Hindus, um, uh, Buddhists, Sikhs, atheists, agnostics. But the one, the, the one taboo is you can't even you know, offer the slightest criticism of white Christians. Not the slightest. And that's nonsense. So, you know, once again, on the one level, Jenna Ellis, it makes it sound like yeah, these shootings were horrible, but that's not what we need to focus on. Well, we do need to focus on because it, it was a hate crime. But notice how quick she is to move that aside. We're not going to focus on the shooting. We're going to focus on their immoral, immortal souls being condemned to damnation and hell because they weren't Christians. They didn't say the right magic words. All the while pushing aside the idea, we're not going to focus on, on the shooting itself as a hate crime. But it was a hate crime, and it was a hate crime that was incited by white Christian nationalists pushing this level of hate. Because when you say, when you teach the idea, you can believe what you like, but when you teach the idea that if you don't accept a certain religion, in this instance Christianity, that you are condemned to burn in hell and in damnation for for eternity, then The other half of that implied equation is you must be evil then because so you deserve to burn in damnation. It's unspoken, but it's heavily implied. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) And when you deal with people like the shooter that were kind of simple minded, it's not a quick jump to think, hmm, I'm gonna go get those evil people. Especially if they come from the LGBTQ community. All right. This goes further into the slurs. It's, again, the, this is not a straight line between wh- white Christian nationalism to hate crimes. They take steps so that they can have some plausible deniability. But 
they are to blame, nevertheless. So let's go further here. So we've also got another piece from HuffPost. Okay. And this was published uh, a few days ago. And the, um, the headline is, With Anti-LGBTQ Hate from the Right on the Rise, Violence Was Sure to Follow. And there's a quote, quote, when politicians and pundits keep perpetuating tropes, insults, and misinformation, this is the result, said Brianna Titone, Colorado's first openly trans state rep. Um, the piece was written by Ryan Grenoble, and it published the 21st, just, you know, so many days, you know, last week, in other words. Okay? Sorry, starting to stutter again. Give me a second, folks. Oh, frustrating. Okay. So the article starts out talking about, you know, Club Q in Colorado Springs. Okay. Five people were murdered. Nineteen more were injured. Um, you know, the article goes into the fact that apparently court records had been obtained by the Associated Press, and those records showed that the suspect, 22 years old, um, is facing five murder charges, as he should be, and five charges, quote, of committing a bias-motivated crime causing bodily injury, end quote. It also states that um, just a year earlier, this same guy threatened his mother with a homemade bomb, and he also had other weapons and ammunition, and that is documented by, I can't see that, hold on a second here, documented by EPC Sheriff's Office. Okay. Oh, El Paso County Sheriff's Office. So it, it's uh, documented there. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. <coughs> so this guy was already on the radar. Okay. Keep in mind, Colorado has a red flag law, but it didn't work. And it's not going to work if the police don't follow through. Okay. So this is you know, we have, there's some quotes in the article getting to what I've been alluding to. Uh, there's a quote from Colorado House Majority Leader Denea Esgar, who's a Democrat. Um, Esgar is also the co-founder of the state's LGBTQ Legislative Caucus. Um, made this statement uh, uh, last Sunday, apparently. Quote, as much as we are shocked by what happened, we're not surprised given the, given the rhetoric that's been happening across the United States in the last few years. It's been escalating, end quote. And it has, okay? Uh, you have political extremists that are being, fueling the fire of anti-gay and anti-trans hatred. Um, the Human Rights Campaign conducted some research ahead of the <clears throat> midterms we just had, and they found that, quote, candidates spent at least $50 million on political ads attacking LGBTQ rights and transgender youth, end quote. Okay. Apparently there were anti-trans and anti-equality ads that ran in 25 states, and they spread a lot of lies. Okay. Nothing new here. And, again, just with the white replacement theory as well, Tucker Carlson is there to help lead the way. And Carlson is one of those people that really pushes the plausible deniability button to the extreme. You know, he'll ask these questions. Why are these people doing this? Okay. 
Tucker Carlson reminds me of the really nasty brat who maybe wanted to blow up a toilet at church, and he said something to the other kids and went, hmm, where, aren't you mad at that minister? At the minister uh, why, why don't you, wouldn't it be funny if someone blew up the toilet? Something like that, okay? He's an instigator. And that way he gets plausible de- uh, deniability. Okay, in fact, here, there's Tucker Carlson right now, the big jerk himself. Okay, so you heard all that nonsense, and what's happening is this. You have to picture this level of slander, libel, and defamation coming from the right along a a spectrum. It starts out sounding innocent enough with white Christians talking about how you can only get to heaven if you're a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, it doesn't matter what especially evangelicals, it doesn't matter what good things you do in your life, you're going to roast in hell in damnation because you're not a Christian for no other reason. They go from that step to people that are in the LGBTQ community because of gender identity uh, or sexual orientation that they are evil because they can't go to heaven either. Okay? Then they take it a step further and say, hmm, They're trying to sexualize young children. They must be groomers. And a groomer is a person that gets the victim ready for the pedophile, okay? Jelaine Maxwell is a good example. She definitely was a groomer for Jeffrey Epstein and a variety of other grown men, including Prince Andrew, okay? Who should have known better. But what they're doing now, and again, being a groomer is one thing, and then from being accused of being a groomer to being accused of pedof- being a pedophile itself. Okay, so it's one it's one step each way along this slippery slope is what it is, so to speak. And there's too many people that really believe it. And the fact is, in terms of statistical evidence, the LGBTQ community does not have a higher level of pedophilia than the straight community. In fact, it's the other way around. hate to tell you this, but facts don't enter into this equation. They, these are people that want to justify their bigotries. And you think, hmm, you know, you've heard people on the news say, well, you know, if you don't like gay people, then don't be around them. If you, if you don't want to, um, you know, be around trans people, then don't go to their clubs. And that, that sounds perfectly logical, 
But, you know, when we call people homophobes or transphobes, there's a fear there, but I think that's too kind a term. Okay? The bottom line is this, and and I'm going to start to sound like one of those elites, I'm sure. Um, The patriarchy, if you will, the white Christian patriarchy hates the gay and and trans community because at least before there were other ways to, you know, like artificial insemination to create babies, they want to create as many white babies as possible to grow armies. To outnumber, quote, the rest of us. That's all there is to it. But, you know, once again, you know, this is, think of this along a continuum. All right? And it's vile. It's absolutely vile. And, you know, you had people like Matt Walsh, you know, who was making these accusations, and Chris Rufo, you know, once again. And these people clearly don't understand the psychology of sexuality, first of all, and they clearly don't care. Um, These are people that cannot tolerate differences, but more importantly, they want an excuse to punish everybody they don't like. That's it. Put bluntly. You know, and it is simple. You know, if you don't like gay people, then don't go to a gay club. You know, grow up. But these are people that won't. Um, and then, you know, you have, for instance, when they talk about the rhetoric. The rhetoric got worse, according to this article in HuffPost. Again, written by Ryan Grenoble. The rhetoric got worse um, shortly after, just days after Florida passed what they called the Don't Say Gay Bill. Okay? Apparently, the anti-LGBTQ rhetoric surged to over 4%. I'm, I'm surged, let me start again. The anti-LGBTQ rhetoric surged more than 400% on social media after that Don't Say Gay bill was signed, okay? And the Human Rights, uh, HRC report, Human Rights Committee, uh, found, according to this article, that a mere 10 people were responsible for like two-thirds of this hate, this these impressions, quote, on the 500 most viewed Grooming tweets, okay, let me, I'm going to read this, okay? Quote, an HRC report at the time found that just, found just 10 people were responsible for two-thirds of the impressions on the 500 most viewed grooming tweets, resulting in more than 48 million views, end quote. Okay? Now, this group of 10, again, I'm reading straight from the article, quote, the group includes Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' press secretary, Christina Pushaw. Members of Congress like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and pro-Trump actors like libs of TikTok founder uh, Haya Rychek. Okay, end quote. And I'm ashamed to say Rychek happens to be a Jew, one of our own. Uh, although she is, I believe, actually um, Orthodox, not Reformed. The point is, it just shows that bigotry can grow in any community. All right. Blame the individual, not the group. Um, You know, once again, you saw uh, 
and then you see people like uh, Lauren Boebert, you know, her district is near Colorado Springs. So she had the gall to tweet something, um, you know, saying that the shooting victims and their families are, quote, in her prayers. Okay. Now, keep in mind, Lauren Boebert has a long history of smearing the LGBTQ community on social media, and that's as documented by BuzzFeedNews.com. It's written by Julia Einstein. No, I'm sorry, Julia Reinstein, sorry. And so I love this. Um, Representative Brianna Titone, again, the Colorado's first openly transgender state representative, she sent the perfect reply. And it's this, quote, thanks for the thoughts and prayers, but that does nothing to offset the damage that you directly did to incite these kind of attacks on the LGBTQ plus community. You spreading tropes and insults contributed to the hatred for us. There's blood on your hands. Just resign, end quote. Okay. Oh, and then Titoni went on to say, quote, the LGBTQ plus community woke up this morning to yet another horrific event of murder. When politicians and pundits keep perpetuating tropes, insults, and misinformation about the trans and LGBTQ community, this is an insult. I'm angry and my heart breaks for those who lost their lives, end quote. I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. And... Representative Titoni, I hope I'm saying her name right. I don't know if I am or not, so I apologize in advance. <clears throat> she put the blame where it belongs. You can't push a message of hate. You can't keep calling people groomers and even pedophiles, which is those are like two of the worst crimes a person could commit, and then pretend to be shocked. Oh. Uh, when people from the community you're slandering are attacked and brutally murdered, period. And she's right. There is blood on Bobert's hands. There's blood on uh, Tucker Carlson's hands and, and on Chris Rufo and Matt Walsh, all of them. They can believe what they like. When you, when you systemically slander, libel, and defame a group of people telling not just lies but dangerous lies, that is liable to incite the public to violence, yeah, you need to be held accountable. Okay, so let's go to more of it. So this gets to the idea. Oops, I just lost it. Give me a minute, folks. This goes to the idea of what is grooming. We talked about it a few minutes ago. Okay, um... Give me a minute, folks. I just, here it is. And it's not just what is grooming. It's the fact that the groomer is makes the pedophilia act. The groomer ensures that the pedophile will get their victim. So both groomer and pedophile are guilty. So when you call someone a groomer, that is, you know, a serious, serious accusation. It is not a joke. It is not irony. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. So the Anti-Defamation League produced a report, and this is just a summation, but it really gets to it. And this was published um, this past August. August? No, I'm sorry. 
No, this was published in September. My bad. Okay. And it, it's written um, from, it's written by staff. It's from the Center on Extremism. And the headline or the title of the report is, quote, what is grooming? The truth behind the dangerous, bigoted lie targeting the LGBTQ plus community. Okay. And you got to remember that, you know, in this country, from our puritanical roots, we don't talk about, we don't, we don't give young people facts about their sexual development. We just don't. Okay? Um, you know, sex ed in our schools is limited to, hmm, let's see now, when the bee pollinates the flower, okay, they talk about your menses. But nothing practical that you can use. Okay. So let's look at this report. And this is really a um, summary of the report. And I'm just going to read from this, okay? Quote, far right and extremist voices have launched a significant attack against the LGBTQ plus community in 21-22, demonizing people via repeated false claims that LGBTQ plus people are pedophiles who are grooming children in order to abuse them. This false and malicious narrative has been weaponized to label the LGBTQ plus community as groomers and has fueled a slew of hostile legislation and policies aimed at erasing the discussion of LGBTQ plus related issues in schools removing LGBTQ plus books from schools and public libraries, and especially to ostracize, defame, and harass transgender people. Okay? Again, it goes on, quote, the result of this widespread hateful rhetoric has been a spike in harassment, threats, and violence targeting the LGBTQ plus community. This dangerous development increases the risk facing an already marginalized group by falsely, by falsely, falsely accusing them of one of the vilest behaviors imaginable in a way that implicitly and sometimes explicitly condones violence. Politicians, extremists, and pundits alike are fanning the flames of this hateful campaign, which not infrequently includes elements of anti-Semitism along with, alongside its core anti-gay and anti-transgender hate. End quote. Haya Rychek should be listening to this, but she's too stupid, my opinion. So what is, what is grooming? Okay, so the, okay, just had a silent, um, give me a second here, starting to become disfluent again. All right, so basically transphobic and homophobic people have, according to this report, quote, misappropriated. Um, a legitimate term related to sexual abuse in order to demonize LGBTQ plus people, end quote. Okay. So uh, the ADL cites uh, this group called RAIN, which is the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. They are uh, the largest anti-sexual violence organization in the United States. And they define grooming as, quote, manipulative behaviors used by sexual abusers to gain access to a potential victim, coerce them to agree to the abuse, and reduce the risk of being caught, end quote. So there is such a thing as grooming. It's true, but it's been co-opted and exploited by these bigots that hate gay and trans people, 
claim that if you teach young people about sexual orientation, about trans issues, that these people do exist, that somehow you're sexualizing these children, trying to recruit them. It doesn't work that way. Okay? It just doesn't. I mean, why do these people care if Heather has two mommies, you know, or Susie has two daddies? Why should they care? It has nothing to do with pedophilia and grooming at all. But isn't this the same argument that ultra-conservative cultures have made, including against the straight population, not telling women about their own sexuality, not telling women uh, about, you know, Contraception, for instance. You know, you control people by lying to them and denying them accurate information. And this is really an extension of that misogyny, nothing more. Okay? Now, uh, this has been going on for decades. Okay? According to research, here's the ironic part, and this was, let's see now. Let me click on this. Research by, I I can't see that, lgbpsychology.org. It was facts about homosexuality and child molestation. And um, you can look it up yourself. But, oops, I just, here we go. All right. According to that research, people in the LGBTQ plus community do not molest children at higher rates than straight people, straight or cisgender. They just don't. There is absolutely no ev- evidence to justify the, their accusations. Um, but these accusations began to circulate on Twitter around 21, according to the ADL, and it was promoted by certain conservative pundits, people like Christopher Rufo, okay, as, the, as documented by the Daily Beast, and James Lindsay, Again, it's documented by the Daily Beast, as well as Haya, was it, Chaya Rychek of Libs of TikTok. Um, but it really, the whole idea of grooming didn't become big until DeSantis signed off on the Don't Say Gay law. All right? It's really about that. And that law really um, prohibits any classroom discussion or instruction on gender identity or sexual orientation in grades K through 3. Now, as a former educator, I'm not advocating that we should teach kids all about sex in grades K through 3. That's absurd. But there's nothing wrong with teaching the class that, well, Heather has two mommies. One mommy is a teacher. The other mommy's a lawyer. And, you know, in other words, to fight bigotry, Okay. Um, But according to this law, you can't say anything at all. Now, apparently DeSantis's, um, what is she, his uh, press secretary, Christina Pushaw, she decided to jump in. She was really ticked off that opponents of this bill called it the Don't Say Gay Bill. (laughs) So she put out on Twitter a couple of tweets on March 4th, um, she said, in one tweet she said, quote, this is Christina Pushaw, quote, the bill that liberals inaccurately called Don't Say Gay would be more accurately described as an anti-grooming bill. Okay. Then the second tweet she said, 
Christina Pouchard tweeted, quote, if you're against the anti-grooming bill, you are probably a groomer, or at least you don't denounce the grooming of four to eight-year-old children. Silence is complicity. This is how it works. Democrats and I, this is how it works, Democrats, and I didn't make the rules, end quote. Well, I don't know if Ms. Pouchard is a journalist or an attorney or whatever, but she really should kind of measure what she tweets uh, because she is literally implying that if you have a political disagreement with this bill, you must be a groomer. Like, And she put it in writing, so Ms. Pouchard, you just libeled people, you just libeled your opposition. Now, true, you didn't name anybody specifically, but this is pretty outrageous. You know, once again. <clears throat> so, there's more of this slander, libel, and defamation. Um, supporters of the bill kept calling people groomers. You, know, you can be on Facebook, and if you disagree with somebody, a conservative, anything, start calling you a groomer. So, uh, here we have, um, in a March 8th tweet, March 8th tweet, Conservative talk host uh, Jesse Kelly wrote the following. This is what Jesse Kelly tweeted. Quote, Republicans, you have everything on your side on this issue. Do not avoid it. Run on it. Demand your opponent respond to questions about it. Call them groomers and pedophiles if they oppose it. Put them on the defensive. Make them afraid. Make them avoid talking about it. You have the high ground. Use it to destroy your enemy. End quote. Okay. Well, I have a few things to say to, you know, Mr. Kelly. First of all, he's a moron, in my opinion. Bad voice, say, hold on. I have no problems with the opposition saying, let's debate something. Fine. But if you say you've undeniable proof, then you better, well, produce it or shut the F up. Because I'm going to produce proof, and then I'm going to download it for the world to see. But when you, when Jesse Kelly's telling people that call your opposition groomers and pedophiles if they oppose you politically, that's gone too far. He's literally asking people to make a criminal accusation, which is only one step away from filing a false police report. You know, in many states, if you suspect that a child is being molested, abused, or neglected, (coughs) and you're a mandated reporter, then you're required to make a report of your suspicions, and then they check it out. Okay, no problem with that. Um, If you're in government, you're a mandated reporter. If you're a cop, you're a mandated reporter. If you're a teacher, a medical person, whatever. I have no problem with that. Here in Missouri, if you fail to do that, then you can get five years in prison for failing to report it. So then my question is this. When there were accusations, not just accusations, but women that came forward that said, people like Jeffrey Epstein, people like Donald Trump, like Matt Gates, molested them when they were underage, where was the mandated reporting? Where was the investigations? So Mr. Kelly is literally telling Republicans, I wouldn't call them Republicans, he's telling these alt-right fascists, if somebody disagrees with you politically, call them a groomer and a pedophile. 
Well, that's not inflammatory. Like, hell it is. Okay? But this is what the far right's been doing. Okay? On Fox News, I'm talking about an oxymoron. Okay? Laura Ingraham. By the way, Ingraham is a licensed attorney. She knows better. She also chimed in. And on March 9th, she said the following, quote, When did our public schools, any schools, become what are essentially grooming centers for gender identity radicals? As a mom, I think it's appalling, it's frightening, it's disgusting, it's despicable, end quote. Well, she's framing it as a question, but it's still inflammatory. What is it they're actually doing? All right? I mean, I'm not suggesting that uh, – excuse me – Oh, boy. (coughs) Sorry about that. I'm not suggesting that um, we have drag queen uh, story hours in our local schools. Parents want to take their kids to that. That's their own business. But what I'm suggesting is that the idea that you can't even mention it, you know, what if a kid or maybe little Susie's mother comes to school? And little Susie talks about her two mommies. You mean she can't say that? That's absurd. You know, that's a way, when they talk about silence, it's complexity. Where was their concern when the Trump administration was throwing babies in cages because they were undocumented and they were the wrong color? Okay? Where was their concern then? Nowhere. Because this isn't about what they're saying. Okay? Then you have, um, let's see now, Benny Johnson, creative officer for Turning Point USA, tweeted on March 11, quote, that if you believe perverted groomer teachers should be allowed to sexualize kindergartners and parents have no right to know or protest, then you are a sunken, demonic person. Fine God. I'm going to read that again because that is really crazy. Benny Johnson. He's the chief creative officer for Turning Point USA, tweeted the following on March 11th, quote, that, quote, if you believe perverted groomer teachers should be allowed to sexualize kindergartners and parents, to sexualize kindergartners and parents have no right to know or protest, then you are a sunken demonic person, find God, end quote. Okay, first of all, if I were a teacher in a district he was talking about, I'd want to sue. You're calling a group of people groomers? Again, slander much? Where's the proof? Okay, teachers are watched all the time these days, all right? Um, And then to call them a demonic person, this gun plays into that old Christian devil made me do it crap instead of taking responsibility for your own actions. And if there are Christians out there that say, I'm bigoted against Christians, I really don't care. Okay? I'm not, but I don't like it when people slander, libel, or defame. I'm not saying this of all Christians. But it's really sad that you have this one group, namely white Christians in particular, that is so privileged, we can't question them at all. But as somebody who is part Hispanic and a Jew my existence is constantly questioned. All right? My religion constantly questioned. That's okay. Well, it's not okay. All right? Uh, apparently, there was a report 
further, according to the ADL, a report from Media Matters uh, that, that was published in April of 22, and they found apparently Fox News aired some 170 segments that focused on transgender people over a three-week period, and that was as they were covering opposition to the Don't Say Gay bill. Okay, good Lord, why don't they just put on their white hoods and, you know, get the noose and the bonfire ready? Because that's what they're doing. There were even attacks on Disney, just when you thought corporate wasn't even safe, okay? Um, That's where DeSantis decided that, you know, it was okay for him to um, go to war against political opponents, all right? So the day DeSantis signed this bill into law, the Walt Disney Company released a statement. And the statement included the following, that the bill, quote, should never have been signed into law, okay, end quote, and that their, quote, goal as a company was for the law to, quote, be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts, end quote. They have a right to say that, okay? And again, this don't say gay bill is basically saying you can't talk you can't even mention that gay and transgender people exist. It has, it's, it has nothing to do with sexualizing children. That's nonsense. I know if somebody, and I had their name, slandered or libeled me that way, I would sue them out of existence. Make no mistake about it. So Disney became the target of these grooming accusations. Candace Owens, God, you know, Candace Owens is just, so despicable. I, I, I'm not even going to go there. All right. But apparently she tweeted that the company had, quote, openly admitted they have a not so secret agenda with your children, end quote. Really? What not so secret agenda does Disney have? Well, by just issuing a statement against this, this don't say gay law that really is discriminatory. Okay, it is an infringement of First Amendment rights. It's uh, infringing free speech rights. You know, just because you're against DeSantis doesn't mean you're for sexualizing children. But, you know, Candace Owens went there. Wendy Rogers from Arizona, you know, she's another nut job in my opinion, tweeted on March 30th that, quote, Disney should now be known as the grooming company, end quote. And then you've got a right-wing conspiracy theorist named Jack Posobiec. In April, um, he accused Disney of grooming in a tweet, calling them, quote, Disney groomer. Okay. So this is, you know, it got to the point where there were certain white supremacist groups that targeted Disney. One was White Lives Matter, and that's as documented by the ADL. Um, they staged protests outside of Walt Disney World, uh, and they were right alongside members of a neo-Nazi group called Sunshine State Nationalists, as well as the Proud Boys. There was another group there, very anti-Semitic, called the Goyam Defense League. They gave out flyers in the, across the U.S., uh, accused saying that, quote, every single aspect of Disney child grooming is Jewish, end quote. Okay, so... You see the spectrum. Now they're taking the groomer idea from the LGBTQ community and tying it to Jews. Okay, this is straight from Adolf Hitler's insanity, you know. And again, you've got Haya Reichek, 
you know, she has over 1.3 million followers. And Christina Pushaw, who's DeSantis press secretary, loves her. Again, I don't understand her because here she is, a fellow Jew, not understanding this whole movement is tied to Nazism. I, I think she's just that stupid. Um, then you've got Tucker Carlson. He, again, reposts, takes things out of context. You know, whatever. Okay? This is what we're dealing with here. Um, and you can see how this results in violence. Okay? Um, and you have to realize it go when you take the spectrum as we've been discussing this further, you know, according to the ADL it says here, quote, for white supremacists claims that LGBTQ plus people are grooming children pair neatly with the movement's white genocide narrative. White supremacists argue that LGBTQ plus lifestyles and pedophilia are promoted by Jewish elites to decrease white birth rates and aid supposed Jewish plans to replace the white population with black and brown people, end quote. Folks, this is pure Nazism. You know, I can go to my documentation and show you this is the line of thinking that Hitler pushed. It's practically, it's virtually identical. Okay? And again, none of us, just because we believe in equal rights, I'm not suggesting children should be harassed or molested. Of course not. But again, you know, this article, there's, I'm reading straight from this here. Uh, the ADL goes on to say, quote, false, I'm sorry, quote, false and malicious accusations that LGBTQ plus people are grooming children have resulted in a dangerous campaign of hate and violence against the LGBTQ plus community. Across the United States, extremists and mainstream conservatives alike employ this hateful rhetoric to harass the LGBTQ plus community, painting the LGBTQ plus community as child predators and criminals will lead to continued harassment and violence against a community already suffering from hate speech, harassment, and violence by extremists and bigots, end quote. Um, so... You know, and then it goes further, you know, when it's, okay, starting to stutter again. Sorry, folks. Whew. All right. Then you take that anti-gay and anti-transgender hatred, and then they make the claims that the Jews are, are you know, controlling that community. You know, it's amazing. Um, I was explaining to a friend, the Jewish population in the United States is barely 2% of the entire United States population. Worldwide, we're less than a half of a percent. So I don't know how we can be so powerful that we can do all these things, but that's what these nut jobs think. Okay? So that's what we're dealing with, folks. You know? And it is something that is, we're going to have to deal with this. We just are. You know, keep in mind, I mentioned Jenna Ellis, besides her podcast, Jenna Ellis, I'm sorry, I, for some reason I'm having trouble saying her name, Jenna Ellis, during this uh, uh, midterm election, was, she was a former Trump campaign lawyer, a senior legal advisor, and she worked 
to help Doug Mastriano. And Mastriano was running for governor in Pennsylvania, openly a white supremacist neo-Nazi, a Christian nationalist. These people are dangerous. They just are. And we need to do something about it. Okay, we're going to have more about this. Make no mistake about it. Okay. Um, so let's go a little further now. Sorry about this, folks. Uh, so this is what we're dealing with now. Okay. So now we're going to get to my favorite, the Jackass of the Week Awards. Okay, so give me a second here while I pull up. Let's see. Give me a second here. Okay. All righty. So give me a second here. I'm going to get ready for this, our Jackass of the Week segment, my favorite. Okay. So here we go. Welcome to the Jackass of the Week Awards! Bray on, Jack and Jenny, bray on! Oh, they never sounded better. Okay, so this week we have a very special jackass. And it's someone you wouldn't normally expect, because he comes across when he's on the media as this very reasonable Republican, okay? And that is a, a Congress Texas. That is Congressman Michael McCall from Texas. Now, this morning, Congressman McCall was on um, was on this week with George Stephanopoulos. Martha Raddatz was filling in for Stephanopoulos, and once again, Raddatz let us down. She let these Republicans just push this narrative. Never once challenged them on the veracity of their claims at all. Okay. So you had Congressman McCall along with Congressman Michael Turner from Ohio, both Republicans, and they were on there. And I listen, you know, McCall sounds so reasonable. He is a former federal prosecutor, worked at DOJ. You know, he knows the difference. He is a legitimate attorney, so he knows better. Okay. So sat there and they started talking about the Afghanistan withdrawal. Okay, and Congressman McCall proceeded to flip the script on the Biden administration on the actual Afghanistan um, withdrawal. Now, I have an article here from the Center for American Progress, or CAP. Okay, um, let me see. I lost my place here. Give me a minute. And the headline reads, Republicans who applauded Trump's deal and now are, criticized, uh, now are criticizing Biden for carrying out the deal. And this, this refers to the peace deal with the Taliban to withdraw from Afghanistan. And McCall blamed the Biden administration, um, you know, and he pointed out that Biden was um, basically, well, he, he claimed this was all the Biden administration's fault. And it was incompetent and horrible, except for one thing. The Biden administration, in terms of the facts, was hemmed in by the agreement, the peace agreement signed by the Trump administration. 
Now, did Martha Raddatz ever bring up that point to Congressman McCall? No, she did not. She just sat there incredulously and let him sit there and lie. Now, excuse me, you might claim that it's a lie of omission, but a lie of omission is still a form of a lie. So according to this report, in early 2020, the Trump administration signed a peace deal with the Taliban, and they were going to withdraw American troops from Afghanistan by May of 2021. And the Republicans were all for this. Okay? Biden got in office. He pushed forward. Okay? And the same Republicans that applauded Trump for the same deal criticized Biden. Okay? Now... According to this article, and I'm reading straight from a quote, the hypocrisy is not just related to timing. When Trump was dealing with the Taliban, Republicans allied with the administration lauded him. Now Biden's dealings with the Taliban are criticized, end quote. Okay? And then even, well, we're not shocked, okay? Trump, on June 26th, Trump attacked Biden for not, I'm reading straight from, for not withdrawing earlier and to credit for locking the United States into the deal with the Taliban, and this is uh, his own Twitter. Uh, quote, according to Trump, quote, I started the process. All the troops are coming back home. They couldn't stop the process. 21 years is enough, don't we think? 21 years. The Biden administration couldn't stop the process. They wanted to, but it was very tough to stop, end quote. Now, Congressman McCall sat there and bold-faced lied and said this was all the fault of the Biden administration when it wasn't. The deal had already been signed off on by the Trump administration. Was it a stupid deal? Yes. But the deal was created by the Trump administration. So what did Trump's political group do? They released a new ad, according to realclearpolitics.com, attacking Biden as the, quote, surrenderer-in-chief, end quote. By the way, there's no such word as surrenderer. Okay? So, you know, apparently Congressman McCall, just like so many things that come out of Texas, and yes, I mispronounced it on purpose, hypocrisy doesn't bother him. You know, apparently Congressman McCall doesn't see hypocrisy as a more devious form of lying. But it is, because your actions and your words don't match. In fact, they contradict each other. When the facts contradict the claim, that's a lie. Period. And Congressman McCall sat there and kept lying about the Afghanistan withdrawal. Bare face lied. Okay. Josh Hawley lied. Okay. Uh, according to Center for American Progress, in November of 2020, Hawley wrote a letter to the Defense Department as documented by Senate.gov, Hawley.Senate.gov, but from Hawley's own website. Um, he wrote, quote, I write to express my support for President Trump's plan for the prompt withdrawal of U.S. forces from Afghanistan, end quote. Now Hawley criticized Biden, again, according to uh, Hawley's own Twitter account, for delaying the withdrawal date, um, saying it's, quote, better late than never. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He criticized that. Now, what is Hawley saying now in August of 2021? Hawley, again, according to his own website, said, quote, President Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan has been a disastrous display of incompetence, end quote. Well, I agree. The withdrawal was incompetent. 
but the incompetence stemmed from the Trump administration that formulated the plan and signed off on a garbage deal knowing that the next president would be confined to that deal. Make no mistake about it. Because it's a treaty. And if we go back on our treaties, then nobody will work with us. All right? So, once again, for so many reasons, and again, normally Congressman Michael McCall is usually the voice of reason, but he showed his cowardice today. He showed his hypocrisy. So, for that reason, and so many others, Congressman Michael McCall is our jackass of the week. Congratulations, Congressman Michael McCall, for, uh, for showing that you possess true jackassery. Bray on, McCall, bray on. Okay. So, <laughs> that's our show for today. I hope you learned something from it. It was a little more conversational than normally. Um, we will be back with the Environmental Justice Report Um we took a little bit of hiatus from there, but we will be back, and we will have special guests. Again, today, I hope you learned something, and I hope that, you know, if you have people, you know, in your life that hold bigoted ideas, first try to educate them if you can. But if they hold on to their bigotry and hate, you may just have to walk away. That's it. Um, a lot of traditional Democrats think that because the Dems looks like they held on to the Senate and it wasn't as big uh, a Republican takeover as they feared, that somehow we've avoided fascism. We've avoided Nazism. We haven't. It's just a reprieve, nothing more, and a temporary reprieve. These people, these white Christian nationalists, you need to call them what they are. They're neo-Nazis. Okay? That's it. And we, the rest of us have to stick together. These are people, the white Christian nationalists, they, they hate equality, the idea of equality. They want revenge for imagined slights. You know, my mother used to say, there's nothing meaner than a bigot who's been confronted and stood up to. But we still have to do it. Okay? So with that, I say good night, and God bless us. And if you like the show, please share widely, okay? We've um, been relegated to the hinterlands in social media, and we need your help to just share it with everybody you know. So good night, and God bless us. <laughs>